Uh, welcome, Bianca. Hi. How are you? Actually, before we start, maybe you can. You're doing so many things. Um, mm -hmm. How would you describe yourself? What it is that you do, or maybe what's? How would you describe yourself? Pretty much where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am an entrepreneur. I like to call myself an entrepreneur. Um, I'm an author uh, and a TV producer and a cosmetics line. So it's super different, but I like to say I'm an author and entrepreneur. Okay, and how you how you manage it all? Because I see you doing so many things. And even like when I was reading, and I had like a lot of respect before I read your books. But when I was reading your books, mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, you have done so much. So like, how you manage it all? Because there's so many things that you do. Or I always write them down. Um, every first of the month, I have monthly goals. So those are basically like numbers I want to reach. Um, financially and uh, like numbers on YouTube, on Instagram, on sales. Like I'm very, very organized when it comes to my business, which is crazy because I'm so messy in real life. Like if you see behind this camera, it is a mess. But um, I like to be as organized as possible. And if I don't um, achieve a goal, I don't beat myself up about it. I'll just try it again the next day or the next month or whenever um, I accomplish it. So for me, it's just being organized. How is that like goal setting working for you or like how you how you decide let's say how many sales you want to get or or even like when it comes to YouTube like a lot of times when it comes to views and things like that you can't really predict it as well I think maybe with that like I'm, I'm really new at YouTube so I don't know as much but but like I think a lot of times it's hard to predict things that um, you can't really know or sometimes you might be able to predict but um, I think in business, there comes a lot of uncertainty. So how you set that goal, what are the things maybe that you keep in mind when you set that goal? Um, I basically, like you said, you can't predict it, right? But you can put in work ethic and marketing. So marketing is a big tool. So if I feel like, oh, my book sales, like now I'm pushing my books because I'm going to release the third book soon. So I kind of be, I'm really strategic on like what I do. So when it comes to numbers, just pushing harder on marketing, um, engaging with my uh, followers more, um, using all different platforms, not just Instagram, but Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, and, and like just trying to be consistent in all because it is a hard job to maintain so many platforms. But you never know, you may get a sale from Facebook market, or you may get a sale from an Instagram sponsor ad you just never know so if I feel like I'm lacking in one area I'll be like okay this week I'm gonna push this particular thing but like you said you can't really predict it but you can put in the work ethic of whatever result you want so okay so speaking of that I'm gonna quote your book which is one question that I wanted to ask you <laughs> um so you wrote stop trying to prove yourself to other people you don't need to do all of that simply let your work speak for itself that is yes. something when I read it, I'm like, that is so true. Um, maybe you can talk about how you came to that realization and how has it helped you? Because I think that is such an important point that many times like people want to be seen, but at the same time, like if you put in the work, it's impossible to ignore you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe in divine timing, right? Sometimes we aren't ready for certain big goals that we have. Um, for me, like, I had to come to a place of I self doubt myself a lot. And I had to come to a place of I'm not proving myself to others. I'm proving myself to me. Like, yeah. sometimes we are our worst critic. And I had to come it's to a always. point of <laughs> Right. I was actually listening to this podcast and this guy, um, I have to get his name again, but he was talking about how he has three different boards um, on his wall. He has an accomplishment, um, you know, board, a vision board and um, a, a, like a procrastination board. So I was like, oh, my God, I should make an accomplishment um, board because I feel as though you know, sometimes we forget those things. And I was actually talking to someone about all the things I have achieved. I remember like, even when I worked at Oprah's Network, I don't remember that experience because I was not present. So (laughs) I'm trying to learn now to be present because I feel like we just, okay, people, especially in film, they're asking you, what are you, what what are you doing next? I'm like, yo, I just worked for Oprah. I just worked for Steve Harvey. We're like, what do you mean? Like, I feel as though we don't really, um, we don't accept our accomplishments and we don't look back at them. So now I'm trying to get in the space of looking back at those things. If I'm feeling doubtful and um, like I said, I'm not proving myself to others. I'm proving myself to myself, but I have to not be so hard on myself and be my own bully, you know? So <laughs> I think we tend to do that a lot. So like what you said, there's, I think there's a distinguishment. I hate that word, but like um, it's a, it's many people, they, they, achieve something and then they use that and they just talk about it and don't do anything but i think when you are somebody mm-hmm. who is like high achiever or like always strive to get better we forget to actually look back on the things we have achieved and actually feel good about them um especially like when we start to doubt ourselves we just start like oh i haven't really done anything and then and then like once you look back you're like well actually it's not that bad <laughs> yeah yeah especially like absolutely. for your age you have done so many things even like when i was reading yeah. that book like there's so like there's so much wisdom that you put in there um i think that a lot of times people might not even see when let's say when you're posting or things like that because there are a lot of things that you learn with experience that people might not even think about but actually when you go through those experiences it's not just a title of something you have done you actually learn a lot along the way. Um, yeah. Like when it comes to self-doubt, so this might be one way is how you can deal with looking back on what you have achieved. Is there like anything else that, or maybe how you push through that like self-doubt? Because I think that's a lot of times when you distinguish yourself from others because many times when we start doubting ourselves, it's like, okay, I'm done. Like this is not for me or like something happens, obstacle, whatever. So how you deal with that like self-doubt when you experience it? Um, yeah, I think last time we talked about this, I named her Tina. So whenever I have a self doubt or that little thing that goes in my head, I'd be like, okay, Tina, shut up. It's time to get back to work or even rest. I feel like we don't even get enough rest. I think that we're always trying to be doing something like we always got to be doing something. And I'm like, I've gotten to a point that I have to have a why in everything I do. Um, I'm not taking a job offer if it doesn't have a why. I remember I was doing something the other day and I was like, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm not about to do this. You know, I think that we need a why into everything we do. So when it comes to self-doubt, I always tell Tina, shut up. And then I either rest or like now I'm getting more active athletic you know athletic (laughs) um I'm in the gym more so um I'm just like that is super therapeutic for me I didn't realize how much not working out and being just like doing something active um 
how much I miss that. And now it like structures my day differently to where I don't even think about those things. And I love watching motivational videos. I am a motivational video fanatic. I literally wake up and I watch motivational things and other people who I aspire to be. So that's how I get rid of my self-doubt. So like with the people that you look up, look up to okay no before i ask that um you said that now you your routine is pretty much like automatic or something like that how you get to that level where it's like it's like more natural where you don't have to be like oh i have to get to the gym or i have to do this or that mm-hmm. i use um sometimes i use mel robbins her five second rule no lie um <laughs> working for her i got inspired to really count down like when i'm feeling like lack of sleep um I remember one time I went out like a couple like two weeks ago it was like a Sunday I was like man I gotta wake up and work out I had was just drinking and I was like I hadn't drank in a while so I was like oh my god I need to go work out but I used that method I set alarm clocks for myself um and just I just have to get up I use the five second rule in all honesty it does work five four three two one and get up (laughs) is there like anything else that you learned from your experience like being around Mel Robbins Um, I learned that everyone has a problem um, in the world. I didn't know that. I felt as though you may look at someone and be like, oh, this person is privileged or this person has a lot of money, but why do they feel that way? That experience really humbled me. It made me become a better listener because I had to call people all day, uh, book guests for the show and really listen to their stories. So for me, it really, really humbled me. I felt like I was living in my own like little bubble when I lived in L.A. I, I thought really materialistic. Um, moving to New York, it really humbled me. It made me appreciate where I am today because as someone who has it, less more than you. So everybody has a problem. And there are strategies to fix those problems. And I also realized that a lot of us haven't healed from childhood experiences. And for me, that show really changed my life. At 25, it was everything that I needed. Um, I learned so much from Mel Robbins. She's an amazing human being. Um, I appreciate her. I give her much gratitude for um I was a listening ear, you know what I'm saying? Even though I was booking the guests, I was a listening ear and you know, everybody's not ready to heal, though. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of us, if you're giving tough love to somebody, a lot of people ain't ready for tough love. Oh, yeah. So that experience, <laughs> they it really, really humbled me. So I'm super grateful for Mel Robbins and everything she has done. Do you have like any stories of people that you were booking in that you would say that they have really affected you or like had really great influence on you? I think the human trafficking show, um, I didn't know so much about it. I only had knew the movie Taken. So I hadn't met real victims in real life. So doing the research on that show really, really, really put me in a space of your safety. And you never know what someone is going through and how molestation starts at a very, very young age or it being abducted like so so young it was like one girl she was like four years old like when this happened to her so it was like that show probably and it's still online that's probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever booked um I was boohoo crying like Daniel you know (laughs) tissue like I was boohoo crying because it was like yo like you just never know what people have gone through and just to see them survive that traumatic um their their stories is really crazy so that was probably the most memorable episode for me that's actually crazy how like what you said about and i have seen it many times when people assume 
especially when mm-hmm. the person looks like their life is together like everything is okay yeah. like they have a job they have family and all that but like many times um and i was having like the in the previous episode we were talking about it that um so like Avril, she's relationship coach and she said that one of her goals is to build like non-profit organization for women that have been like in abusive relationships or they have nowhere to go and we were talking about it that many times um even the closest people around them they don't know it because like yeah. it comes with like a lot of shame a lot of embarrassment so they don't want to tell that or communicate it to people around them um which is mm-hmm. ironically a lot of times it's easier to tell those things to somebody you don't know that's where that yeah. organization can come in um and it's like it's so crazy how we think that let's say the person next door they have everything together but you never know yeah. unless you actually talk to them or they open up to you or even then you you can't know further than they open up to you about so that's i think something exactly. that is important to keep in mind that a lot of times what you see is not the actual truth like there's so many people that they're trying to be and i can I can relate to that in a sense that I always feel like I have to be strong. I can't show mm-hmm. that I'm struggling. I can't show that yeah. I have problems. I just have to be show up as like a game. And it's like yeah. And then once I actually see how when I open up or I ask for help, there's so many people that are willing to help that I'm like, "Well, like you don't have to help me." But people are actually willing to help. So I think it's important to understand that it's okay to struggle sometimes because like we all are just human we all have our own like problems and no matter how big or small the problem is it's important to acknowledge the fact that well it's your problem it doesn't mean that now you can't go to somebody and ask for help because oh this problem isn't that big or like stuff like that um or even like when people talk about traumatic experiences it doesn't have to be traumatic as people overall think it's traumatic it can yeah. be like anything but if you yeah. perceive it as traumatic that's trauma so i think yeah. it's important for people <laughs> to learn to um or maybe not to assume that everybody has mm-hmm. their lives like perfect especially nowadays with yeah. like social media yeah exactly it's so like the, i agree the, okay like so when it comes to social media i think we all show this like perfect life um mm-hmm. and like you're quite a bit on social media maybe there's some advice you might give to people that are like putting themselves out there or they might feel that oh, i don't have this like perfect life to show up like to show people mm-hmm. and things like that so what would be the advice that you would give to them yeah um i think when i first started out with a bianca b show i was 19 and I wanted to not cuss on the internet. Um I wanted to have a very clean brand, but I had learned over time that you have to be authentic and be real because it's not easy putting on a full-blown production or a full-blown uh business. Um it takes years and um my advice to people is like be authentic. The more authentic you are, the more vulnerable you are, especially online. Um you may inspire somebody from suicide you may inspire somebody to start their own business to walk away from a relationship it may have been the right tweet that you posted and somebody was like 
oh my God, this was a confirmation that um, I needed to leave this situation or that situation, or you inspire me to write a book. Um, I saw your YouTube video and now I'm inspired. So I feel as though the more authentic you are, the more real you are, people will gravitate towards that. And, mo and, and you know, your family may not understand it. You know, some, some things I have posted in the past, people are like, why did you post that? Like, why would you let people know that? And it's like, no, you look at this glam girl who got you think lives in LA and can afford it and all this shit it takes a lot of work to maintain um success and to keep going it's really hard especially when you are a solo person you know what I'm saying like even you you I know you just started doing reels and podcasts and stuff but I'm pretty sure it got frustrated in the first couple of days like yo this is so much work and I didn't know you know so it's so much that goes behind just a 30 second video so much angles um lighting setting up being your own person that it's hard and, and i'm just doing like um, speaking with a face i don't even do that much like yeah. filming like properly filming yeah it's hard and and you know i like to be transparent that some days is worse than others some days are good some days are great sometimes sales this week lacks sometimes sales are amazing you know every day is different and i think the more authentic you are and the more you give back and tell your story people will gravitate towards that yeah like i think even before i started filming more i was like well that's that's like nothing and then when i started doing it i'm like oh my gosh like it's so I much work i'm trying to come up with what to say or like what kind yeah. of topic to talk about like several times i'm just sitting and thinking okay so what will i do today <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what's the message for today um and it takes like a lot of work to actually put it all together and it's not just filming it's like editing and then like posting or let's say for the podcast mm -hmm. like creating some posts for that it's it's so much work but at the same time like i think big important thing is for anybody who thinks that this is nothing um you can't really know how much work it takes unless you do that work in like anything exactly. before you say that yeah. it's easy even let's say to be a model like yeah it, it sounds easy but there's so much that goes into that that like yeah. you you can never understand unless you actually experience it or talk to somebody who's actually experiencing it and it's like that in any field so i think like that's that's one thing that i'm probably still learning um not to maybe assume things or before yeah. i have any assumptions talk, talk to somebody in the field more than one person ideally <laughs> to actually yeah. get an actual insight how it is working in that field because Otherwise, you're like, well, this is easy. Well, if it was easy, everybody would do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not that easy. Um, no. And like, maybe you might also talk about um, comparing yourself with others, because I know that a lot of times when people start to put themselves out there as well, well, first thing is that it's hard to be yourself because you want to um, show certain image of yourself, which is another thing that I wanted to say when you were speaking, that one thing is that, how you post people might perceive you one way because of where you yeah. are but then when you show more mm -hmm. yourself you're, they're like well actually it's it's not just that you're this or like that you're an entrepreneur or yeah. this or that it's actually that you're a human you also have some struggles wow. and things like that so i think being authentic is important because that's when people can actually connect with you and see that well even though yeah. you have achieved so much mm -hmm. you actually are a human you you still are like me which can give them inspiration yeah. to go out there and pursue it themselves. Um, 
But then once I do, we tend to compare ourselves to others. <laughs> um, how good we are or all the followers and stuff like that. So how can somebody stop comparing themselves to somebody else or what they should keep in mind when they are in that loop and they just keep comparing themselves to somebody else? Um, so the first tip I would be like is how do you feel when you look at someone's profile, right? So I remember I was looking at this girl's um, Instagram one day and I felt a little insecure. I was like, damn, how did she get so many views? I mean, like she doesn't have even a, a large following account. I was like, yo, that's crazy. And I had this tingling feeling of jealousy. And I was like, yo, like I never feel jealous of anybody. And so um I had to be like, let me get off her page and let me watch something inspirational. So if you get that tingling feeling inside of like, this person makes me feel kind of insecure. Um, it's, it's just a little thought that you have in your head. It's not that you're comparing yourself to people, but you have to tap out of it really, really quickly. So you're not going to that person's page every day. Um, you want to internally, yeah, you may feel away, but you want to be like, you know what? I'm proud of her. You know, she, you don't know how long it took her to edit that video. Yeah. You have to switch your mindset to be like, okay, you know, she probably put in a lot of work and she deserves that success. And people may look at me and be like, how well, how did she get this job and that job? She's not even a good producer or she's not even a strong writer. She is this way or that way. But I worked hard for my success. So I think you have to tap into that mindset of like, oh, be proud of this person. They are on their shit too. So um, we can also see and then also try to figure out how you can collaborate with the person too, right? So if you see a, a famous podcaster like Jay Shetty and you like yo like my goal is to meet him one day like I want to be just like him try to shadow him for a day I remember when I first started hosting it was this lady named Diane Madison and I shadowed her for a day I reached out to her I was in college I was like can I just come and just shadow you for a day and I got inspired to create my own show and to you know expand my brand but you know, try to collaborate with people. And whenever you feel that comparison issue or things like that. Um, and another tip I would say is, I think we compare ourselves a lot to people who are much older than us. You know, I'm 27 now. So I'm looking at people that are in their 40s and 50s and possibly even 60s. And I'm like, yo, like this person <laughs> put in 40 years of hard work. They deserve to be a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we also need to stop putting the age requirement on things. And sometimes your vision may change. You may, for example, want to be a life coach, but you are a famous podcaster now. You know, you just never know what journey or where you may get inspired or that one thing that may take you off. You know what I'm saying? Like I started out as a trained dancer. I never thought that I would do film. I didn't even know how to work a camera. So, you know, I'm, I'm really shocked that my life pivoted the way that it did into film. I didn't think it was something I would fall in love with, but I thoroughly enjoy it and I'm really good at it. So, you know, you just never know the, the journey may change but the destination is still the same i think it's like a quote like the route may change you may have detours wow. but you're going to get to that destination of whatever that whatever success means to you yeah and i think another thing is that they are like it's important to understand that they are just human themselves like it's yeah. not that they are yeah. super special or anything like that and like as you right. said you don't really see the work that they put in a lot of times people just mm -hmm. show that oh this is easy and you're like, oh, if this yeah. is easy, I might as well do it. But then you're like, oh, my video is shit. Like, it's, it's nothing like yeah. it. 
but it's just because you don't yeah. see what's actually going on behind the scenes. Um, and even like my mm-hmm. brother, he's he's doing a lot of YouTube now as well. And like his videos are like so wow. good. And I'm like, I have mm-hmm. no idea how he's filming. And he's like four years younger than I am. And I'm like, wow, like his talent is insane. Um, yeah. And that's when I'm like, well, or like, let's say when, when you compare yourself with somebody else. Um, recently I had, so one of my goals is to work with at least one NBA athlete. And, mm-hmm. and recently I was listening on Clubhouse and there was one lady, she was like, yeah, I work with like NBA athletes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to write her. Because I never mm-hmm. thought like in my head, I didn't even know if there are any like females doing that kind of job in NBA. But once she mm-hmm. mentioned that that dream became even more real in my head. And then she responded wow. back and I'm like, wow, I'm in touch with somebody who is pretty much living one of my dreams. And I'm like, wow, this is actually, they are actually human. And she said to me like, mm-hmm. I'm just a few steps ahead and you know, it's possible if I can do it. So I think another yeah. way how to look at people that are ahead of you, it's just that first, they probably are ahead of you time-wise. They probably started sooner yeah. than you did. And second, yeah. they are just ahead of you. Like they are showing mm-hmm. you what's possible. So like if you yeah. look at them in a way that, well, if they can do it, I also can yeah. do it. And just go right. from there because that's the way I'm. And like, I think another thing that I have noticed within myself is that when you get so occupied with your own life, <laughs> you don't even yeah. have time to compare yourself with somebody else. Like you would so much that you're like, you just don't have time to look at somebody else and compare yourself with them because you're so focused on your own thing. Um, which is like something that I tell people a lot of times is that if you compare yourself a lot of with other people, check if you are actually spending enough time working on yourself. Because once you work on yourself, you just don't have time to do something else. That part. <laughs> yeah. And then you, then you look at them and then you feel bad about you not being there, but then you sit down and do nothing. So just look mm-hmm. at them as inspiration. Then stop looking at them and go do the work. And that's how you will get there. Um, exactly. Like that is something that I have learned myself, which is important thing with experience. Because I think before I was also like, what everybody else is doing? Or I can look at what they're doing, maybe learn from them. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, I'm looking too much at everybody else. I just have to sit down and do work myself and just figure it out. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So like that's something that, I have seen is, um, and I have learned myself with like comparing yourself mm-hmm. with others because being busy with yourself, busy be, as you might say, <laughs> um, is, is something that like, you just don't have time to, to worry yeah. about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else I wanted to ask you. I forgot about it. That's right. I'm going to get to the book again. Uh, the book, by the way, is 20s Chronicles. <laughs> Everybody listening, go get a book. Um, about you said that you are quick to uh, quick to cut people out, um, mm-hmm. and what the really interesting point that you said is that you know that everybody has an expiration date, and that you mm-hmm. also have expiration date. You didn't have to be everybody mm-hmm. el- in everybody else's life forever. So like yeah. maybe you can talk about this because I think a lot of times when people work on themselves, um, yeah, you have to change your social circle. But I think it's challenging to do it at first because you feel like, well, I have known this person or they have been my best friend like for 10 over years. 
I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to just cut them off or they feel like it's hard or they're going to hurt them and stuff like that. So maybe how did you deal with this? And how would you suggest yeah. somebody else to do that? It's so funny. My uh, One of my best friends just asked me, how do you cut off people? Because I made a post <laughs> about it, like loving people from a distance. So there's different ways you can do it. Like a relationship, for example, if you're in love. Um, they say it's like three people that come in your life that change you dramatically. Um, it's like your puppy love, the hardest love, and then it's like your real love, if you're lucky, you know. Um, I feel as though we outgrow people and uh, other people outgrow us. And sometimes in life, people change and they grow and they heal. And sometimes people are with people just to heal their trauma, to, to learn something new about yourself. Um, even with a job too, you could be with a company for 20 years and, you know, it's time for you to leave now and you have to be okay with departing ways. It's going to be hard, but you have to be, you have to allow yourself to be uncomfortable. And I think that's why people stay in things because of comfortability and change. People don't like change. A lot of people don't like change, even relocate into another city or another state. Cause they're scared and fearful of, what may or may not happen. Um, So I think, you know, people are just so used to comfortability and you have to sometimes let it go. I think that's the hardest part. And when you let go, more opportunities may come to you, a better love person, a better life, a better um, circumstance, more money. You never know who that person, their energy could have blocked a lot of blessings for you. So I would just have to say like, if you feel internally and intuitively that it's time for you to leave a situation, follow your gut feeling. And sometimes we, even when you go out on the first date, you're like, yo, this person I know is not for me, but he's so fine. I'm going to just stay with him because he's fine and he, he tall and he got all this stuff and all these things. But internally you knew from the beginning that this person wasn't for you. Now we're going to talk about friendship and families because that could be a little tricky. So I give people time limits of how they can talk to me. I manage my time very wisely. Um, I know how certain people make me feel. Some people make me feel really, really good. And some people trigger certain emotions out of me. So if I'm talking to a family member that's always negative, I may just text them and talk to them once a week. Um, If I'm talking to somebody who just complains all, all day long, they only get a 10 minutes of my time max because it was just 10 minutes wasted, not a whole day wasted. Um, if somebody who is always happy and always positive and I feel like I'm lacking uh, motivation, I'm going to be around that person a little, probably like once or twice a week or like I really, really prioritize who I give it to. Now I'm in a relationship. So we, we have times for each other. So I say like, Hey, this is me time right now. So like, I just want to be with me right now. Um, and then we come together at the end of the night and we recap on our day. I think that, you know, you have to be honest with your partner on how they're feeling because sometimes their day may have gone bad, but it's not your fault. So going back to the expiration date, it's like, you know, you just choose wisely of who gets your time and how does that person make you feel? Like I always think of now like the feeling and how do I make that person feel? And so if I'm feeling like, even in my relationship, if I'm feeling like I'm just lacking energy today, I'm going to be honest with my partner. We have created a relationship where we can be honest. Like today, I'm just not feeling it. Today, I'm tired. Today, I don't want to talk about this and that person should understand you and if they don't then that may not be the person for you so I think you just have to just feel how other people make you feel (laughs) yeah um and I think it takes a lot of self-awareness where you actually 
listen to yourself and like I was about to ask you how you how you know but like you mentioned about listening to your gut and how you feel and I think that's that comes back to you learning to trust yourself and trust your judgment because I think mm-hmm. many times like people around you are like oh you're so good together and you're like oh I might as well stay with him or her um just yeah. because you feel like mm-hmm. everybody else likes it but you feel that it's not the right thing and I think it's and that's one thing that my my friend told me as well about like when I was starting to post more, um, he said mm-hmm. to me, just trust yourself. Don't overthink it. Um, and yeah. that lesson was so powerful because I was like, wow, I, I had forgot to trust myself because yeah. it, it was such a simple thing. But I think it's um, sometimes it's important to get that reminder that like you, you have to trust yourself. Um, yes. So maybe do you have any advice how to learn to trust yourself or how to trust yourself or maybe listen more to your gut and things like that? I think a lot of people are codependent. uh, And we talked about this the last podcast, but a lot of people are codependent on people and a lot of people don't know how to be independent. So I always tell people, um, I think it's important at some point in your life to be single. You learn yourself. I do believe that is a point in your life where you should live alone because you you know yourself. Take yourself out on dates, um, hike hiking if you have that um, privilege to do that. Um, be in nature. If you just listen to yourself more, you will know who's right for you, what job is right for you. Um, I I know with every job I've had, when it was like a regular job and I just needed to get by, I would get these gut confirmations from God, from the internet, from um, just my gut feeling I would get like this isn't for me I need to walk away and I think that we need to trust ourselves and and how you do that is really talking to yourself writing down how you feel I'm really big on journaling my my thoughts and if I'm feeling overwhelmed and I can't talk to somebody journal it write it down and talk to yourself um and I live alone so I talk to myself all the time like okay Bianca you may have handled that situation wrong how could we be better how could we do better is this person for me um, so you would get you would get those little confirmations. You just have to pay attention to it and be aware of like really, really, truly trusting yourself. Um, with the trusting yourself, how you let's say when it comes to entrepreneurship, there's so much uncertainty, like so much. Mm-hmm. How you trust yourself when there's so many things that you can't control that you can't predict um because one thing is like oh i trust myself and i know exactly what will happen like or like most of the things i can predict pretty much ahead of the time but when you are like an entrepreneur it's it's not something that like especially at the beginning with time like you learn and like you get better and things like that so you are able to predict a bit better but at the beginning there's so many so much uncertainty so how you trust yourself when there's so much that you can't predict I think words are powerful. So what you speak, it will eventually come. So I feel as though we uh, speak so negatively, not about others, but ourselves a lot. And so I have to tap out of that Tina voice and uh, really reflect on like, okay, you know, this may have been a bad month, but I also believe in having multiple sources of income. So trying different, different methods, try different things, and you may make money off this part, this part budgeting I think that that's important um 
to just really have multiple sources of income. Even when I would work like on talk shows, I would still have my Bianca B brand. I would still do brand ambassador work. Um, even with the pandemic, I think that opened up a lot of eyes for people because a lot of people were so used to stability and 401k and every two weeks. And I know amount, what amount I'm going to get. And I think that this opened up that no, nothing is guaranteed. So you have to always be two steps ahead two steps ahead because you have to really just like plot out like you know plot plan this slate like the book like you got to really jot out your ideas and what what is the next step you know what I'm saying so I think just being real and honest with yourself like okay you know my business brings in this amount of money a month but I need this x amount of dollars to be um you know to make it so maybe I pick up a, another gig or you know just put in more work or do more ads, like just try to figure out what works best for your company. And entrepreneurship has multiple ups and downs. It is not an easy thing. It is not for uh, the week. Um, you have to, <laughs> you have yeah. to be ready for the rejection. Week survive like few weeks and they're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why a lot of people can't do it. That's why only like 1% of people are truly successful in making the amount of money that they want to make because they didn't give up and uh, you have to be patient. I think even I had to learn this throughout time. It's like being patient, being patient. As long as you're a good human being and you're patient. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm very stubborn. I'm a stubborn Scorpio. And it was a repeated thing that friends and family would tell me relationships. And um, I practice patience from breathing doing more breathing. I've realized that I didn't breathe as much um, because I just want to get things done so quickly. Taking time for myself. Um, I went on a sabbatical back in October. I went to Palm Springs and I just spent the week with myself. And that was like one of the most healing therapeutic things for me that taught me how to be patient and when to let go. So um, yeah, I, it's, I'm still learning, learning every single day. It's not easy. And I think that people also forget that change is a everyday thing. (laughs) It is not going to happen overnight. Um, Even with my attitude, right? So I used to have really, really bad attitude. Like I'm I'm stubborn. So like, if I don't agree with something or you treated me like crap, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. Like you're not going to disrespect me. And I had to learn throughout time that everything doesn't need a reaction. So I had to learn how to be like, okay, Bianca, what, why am, why is this triggering me? What is the deep root of this trigger? Why does this person make me feel the way I feel? Do I need to walk away? Is this a learning lesson? I do believe that everything is a learning lesson, especially in your career and entrepreneurship, but you know, patience is hard. Change is hard. It's really, really not easy. It's a something, a day-to-day thing you have to do. And you have to be around people who love you, who will appreciate your growth. So I love the relationship I'm in right now because we're both growing and we're so similar in so many different ways. And we know how to be like, you know what? Let's just come back to this. Let's just give each other a breather where it's like, okay, this is how you made me feel and actually listening to the person. So I think patience come with listening too. I think I was so hard headed and so stubborn and so attitude. And I I had to, I had to work. It's the everyday thing. It's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Even like with, uh, I think with listening, it's even patience itself, what you said, it doesn't even have to be super like i think many people think the change happens with this like one huge event but it's not the way it works yeah 
the only way you get yeah. change is by doing those small steps that you work towards like each day and like mm-hmm. but the thing is that we see all these movies when somebody changes overnight and this and that and everybody expects that to be the real life as well because nobody's going to show you how an athlete is training every day for hours and that's the whole yeah. movie until they get to the championship or like the gold or whatever so i think it's important to understand that well even even when it comes to change or self-development the moment you stop you're moving backwards it's not that you stop yes. and you stay where you are you move backwards yeah um and it's like what andy Frisella said like i listen to him a lot and he said mm-hmm. that the moment that he accepted that he will work hard for the rest of his life he was okay because he didn't look for the um end line of this like work on yourself it doesn't exist yeah especially when you are in a like let's say an entrepreneur or in like some sort of high performance position the work never mm-hmm. ends the moment you stop working yeah. somebody bypasses you that's just the way exactly. it is um and the patient yep. is i think it's a practice that you can like as you said with listening that's like a really good practice with patients a lot of times it's so hard to listen especially when you um i think it's a lot of times even like in a relationship because then you really want to put your point across especially if you have an argument but you have to listen yeah. first and a lot of times once you listen you actually see that well what i'm about to say it's not actually that relevant or it's not actually going yeah. to help um mm-hmm. but patience is something that i think i think we all are just learning it because we are living in this like instant gratification time yeah. <laughs> we're like oh i like whatever i want it's like whatever I want. Oh, I yeah. want to watch a movie. I don't even have to look at the times and cinema or whatever. Um, or sometimes, like before, you couldn't even look at online. You just went to cinema and you're like, okay, what's going on? Like, what will we watch? But now you just watch it online instantly. Uh, yeah. Same with deliveries. You want something, you can get it the same day. So it's like yeah. that's insane. <laughs> um, yeah. But before, it would take you months to get something, or even like if you want to start some business or. I don't know, filming something, you wouldn't be able to start filming or let's say if I start podcast, I wouldn't be able to start it within like a day or a week. I wouldn't, right. I would have to wait like years or try to build up to get to that place and then find where, yeah. I don't know, I would have to have my own like radio for people to listen. It's like, it's insane how everything we want is instant gratification right now. And I think we have to understand that that's not the the way it is when it comes to success or anything when it comes to like self-development, like anything you want to develop, it doesn't happen like mm-hmm. overnight. Um, and it was a big lesson for me because uh, it's like we always look at results and whether you are there yet or not. And you look at the results so much <laughs> that you don't do mm-hmm. anything in this moment. <laughs> so you don't yeah. move any, like, in, any much closer to that goal. Um, and that's yeah. when I was like, okay, I set a goal. I break it down to daily actions and I focus on this day because that's the only way how I'm going to get there. Um, yeah. Try not to focus too much. Um, correction. Not to focus too much. Not trying. Um, on like whether I'm there yet or not because if you put in the work, you will get there. Um, it's the same as that like one question. If you knew that in 10 years you would be able to have the life, exactly the life that you want to have, how much different would be your actions right now? Mm, love that. But there's no question if you will be, if you will have that life or not. 
Exactly. Because like I think many times we question if we will get that goal or not. But because we mm-hmm. question it, we stop taking action. But it's like as long as you take yep. action and you don't give up, you will get there. It might be like take few few more years. But at the yeah. same time, you learn a lot along the way. Even like now, I have had so many amazing connections. Like even connecting with you, I'm like, that's awesome. Like I look at your like stories and what you're doing. And even like when I was reading your book, I'm like, wow, I'm doing nothing. Like <laughs> I have to level up my game. Because like it's it's awesome to see people that are really like working on themselves on a daily basis. And it really like inspires mm-hmm. me. Um and that's why like I try to support what you do as much as I can or like share something from or like even like today I had somebody write me about like wanting to write a book. And like if mm-hmm. I know somebody, I'm like Go to Bianca. She has two books. Oh, <laughs> so she might message you, but like she said, she wants to start okay. a book about something health related. Um, and I'm like, I know you have two books, and I really like your books as well. Um, so I was like, go to her because like you might know something about the process of starting a book. And also, what I said mm-hmm. to her was like, do you have a book? No. Well, focus on writing a book first, because yeah. then like you think, oh, I want to know all the process, but like you don't even have a book to sell yet. <laughs> So focus on writing a book first and then yeah. search for help or like maybe along the way to get the idea what's the yeah. plan. But um, depending on the book, but it takes a while to actually write a book. It's not something that you just yeah, sit down and write in like an hour. Yeah, you have to be in a headspace and too and your experience, depending on what kind of book you write. So I'm, I do self-development books. So it's my journey. Like my second book took me a longer time to write than my first book. And you could tell from the, the grammar, from how I speak, the experience is a totally different shift. I had experienced more life. So I feel like you have to take your time. And just because, you know, writing a book used to be hard, like, yo, like, to be an author, you were smart, you were successful, you already had money, you had to have a publisher. Now you could do it so easy. You can just upload a PDF um, and publish a book. So it's much easier. And also, I feel as though people get lazy and don't do the research. They want to just oh, yeah. um, quick way, quick way. And yeah, I said to her, know, like, you can just everybody, YouTube. You can find so much yeah, on YouTube. Like, so many, you, have, you have no yeah. idea how much you can find on YouTube. And I like even when you when it comes to you writing a book like how did you um decide to write a book or like how I think you mentioned in the first book that you had the blog and then that that came from there Mm -hmm. um but like how did you even decide to write a book because I think it's not something that people are like every day well I or okay so they they say they want to write a book (laughs) but they don't end up actually writing one and publishing one so how did you get to that like actually getting it done yeah, so I was in film school when I wrote this book. I had this day, daily blog, and I just wrote about how I felt about, like, it was 20 in date and 20 in the industry. It was, I always put 20-something uh, before it. And um, I had all this content, and I happened to be in creative writing class. And my teacher was like, oh, your writing is really, really good. I was like, oh, thank you. And I that same day, she said that this other girl had interviewed me later that night for her uh, radio show. She was like, you should really turn your blogs into books. And it was like a double confirmation. That's when you follow your intuition, when multiple things come up in one day. And um, I was like, well, an author is smart. I d- don't think that I know all the vocabulary. Like when I think of an author, I think of someone who's really, really smart. And um, at the time, like I don't talk, like I talked 
proper ratchet. Like I still talk a little hood, but I'm still, you know, proper. I'm educated. But when I thought of an author, I thought of someone who was smart. So I went to my mentor. My mentor has written like eight books. Her name is Monica Marie Jones. And she is a successful and an amazing writer. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, like I want to write, write a book. And she's like, oh, I know. I edit. Oh, this is how you do it. Like she was so excited. So, you know, having a mentor and uh, someone who believes in you, multiple people believing in me um, was amazing. And I think I wrote that book. Um like 21 22 I released it like 21 yeah I had just turned 22 then my second book I was going to release um the following year because I wanted to be like a series of like 20s and um it took me a little bit longer but I'm glad I delayed it um I released the book it was the perfect timing I had just finished it and probably like a week later I got the call to work for the Steve Harvey show and I released it the day that I started my first day there. And uh, it just divine timing and the experience. And, you know, I'm working on this next book. And this book was actually inspired. I had been working on it for a little bit, but the title so dope. Um, I got it from actually working for somebody a couple of months ago. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And, and this is the route I'm going to take this book. So it happens throughout life. And you have to go back to patience. You know, you think you're ready to write a book, but you go through life, especially self-development books, it's everyday, constant um, self-evaluation every day and experience. So to go back to your question, you know, being in school, creative writing, got my mentor, and then second book, now I'm working on my third book. This book, I'm, it's going to be a New York bestseller. Like, I, that is my goal, Barnes & Noble. Like, I don't want to self, I'm going to self-publish it, but I also want it under an umbrella. Um, it's going to be market totally different. I really want to invest in good marketing team to really, really push this book. Um, so that's my goal. <laughs> Do you know, like when you're publishing it? Um, I later this year, it's almost done. I have the title, um, but the I have the photographer that I want, which is my really good friend. And yeah, I just really, once again, want to take my time when it feels right, it will be published and it will be done the right way. It will be yeah. like marketing crazy. <laughs> I'm asking you because I, I can't write. <laughs> you can't really write? Forward, so. What? You say, wait, wait, what did you say? I said that I'm waiting. I'm, I'm asking you because I can't wait because I enjoyed your first book. Oh. So, oh. and it's like, I yeah. think it's different when you read book written by somebody like you know so like even mm -hmm. if we are not like i don't know besties or like talk every day but we still have been in touch so it's different mm -hmm. than to read a book written by somebody you know compared to somebody like that you don't know or that you have seen yeah. like publicly so and like i don't i think you're the first person that i have read I have several people that I have had on the podcast or have talked to that I'm like, well, they have books, so I have to get it. But I haven't like read the book and got them on yet. Like you're the first person. Um, and it's like really interesting where let's say you have one idea of the person and then when you write about your life, I'm like, wow, there are so many layers towards the person yeah. you are. But it's like I had a lot of respect to you before, but now I'm like, wow, it's like way more now. Um, so like that's again, not to... Well, I wouldn't say that I, it was the case where I'm like judging the book by its cover, but it was more like I didn't see how like impressive. Um, well, 
I would say I, I would still consider you as like impressive before I read the books, but it added like a different kind of level of that where it's like, well, there's mm. so much that you have gone through um, and yeah. that you have experienced and all the lessons you have learned. And which is another thing that you said that um, you felt like you're not smart. And I would argue that because like it's mm. one thing that you might not be like writing, let's say, say they're like academics that are like really smart that they can write smart and things Mm -hmm. like that um but the fact that you are um you have learned a lot from experiences and also you posted that you read every day so that by itself Mm -hmm. is like i see no reason why you shouldn't consider yourself smart and i had a conversation Mm -hmm. also um a few podcasts back with with a friend of mine who is like a professional athlete and he's dyslexic and he's mm. now about to finish science degree in sports science. And I oh, had wow. said him like many times, just the fact that you're dyslexic and he's also like building business on the side. He's, he's like training at like pretty much GB level. He wants to get to Olympics and things like that. So that by itself is impressive, but you've being dyslexic and finishing uni. Yeah, that's that's like, amazing. And like, he still thinks that he's not smart. And I'm like, yeah. trust me, you have no idea. You're like one of the smartest mm-hmm. people I know. And it's the same with you because like you have a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. But I think it's um, even myself, let's say when I was in school, I was like having really good marks. I was, I would say for like nine years, I was like the smartest in class from based on marks. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel smart yeah. because for me, it was mm-hmm. just a number. Well, it's just a number. Yeah. How does it make me smart? Yeah. But at the same time, like many people perceive that if you have good marks, you're smart. It doesn't make you smart. Mm-hmm. You just know how to learn and how to remember information. Like <laughs> pretty much that's what it is. So I think it's, yeah. um, it's in, in a way, I want to help people change the shift, or the way you look at what is smart, because you can learn mm-hmm. a lot from experience. Even like myself, I was, I have like, I don't know, I think I have at least 100 books here and the fact that I'm reading a lot or I know a lot doesn't make me smart. If I don't apply mm-hmm. that knowledge or I don't use it, it's like, it's yeah. just information. It's worthless. So I think it's, yeah. um, and there are many people that might know more than you, but they take no action. So yeah, who is facts. smart and who isn't smart? So somebody can teach yeah. you about business, but somebody can actually build business and go teach you. And they might be like mm-hmm. dyslexic. They might be, I don't know, having failed at school or whatever, but it doesn't make them not smart. So like that's yeah. something that you know what that yeah you know what that comes from confidence. So yeah. most of these authors that I read, self development books, Grant Cardone, um, even Mel, they don't come from an amazing background of education. You know, uh, these people had to work hard to become a millionaire, and so they are confident. That's all will it boils down to because you can have two people in the room the smartest who is academic like you said um and one may lack confidence in uh, marketing that's why you gotta be good at sales marketing and sales pushing your stuff could sell anything so yeah and I, that's actually i remember i was having a conversation with one of my lecturers uh when i was back in uni and uh mm-hmm. i was telling like at the time <laughs> i have no idea i i can i am like pretty big introvert and at the time I was working in sales like knocking doors and things like that and I have before I came here I never saw myself in sales it wasn't an option I'm like I I like 
talk only to people that I know. I know them well. And like, that's about it. Like, I don't like to talk about strangers and stuff like that. Not even talking about trying to sell them something. Like, I just feel like I'm yeah. super pushy or stuff like that. But then like, that's, that's when I learned that. And I was having the conversation with that lecturer and I said to him like, one thing is that you have good marks. And I was having good marks. Like I finished uni with like first degree. But one thing is that you have good marks and you have good knowledge. But something else is that you actually can sell it to somebody else. Yeah. So like there might be somebody in my class who also has first and they have maybe higher percentage and they're like, well, I'm smarter. Yeah. But at the same time, like you have to be able to sell yourself because it's not enough yes. just to know stuff. You actually be, have to be able and I have that confidence in yourself that I'm actually the best candidate you have. Or if I'm yeah. not, I'm, I will be, I will prove your, you that I'm actually the most, like I'm willing to learn the most. Like I will learn mm -hmm. everything that I need to learn. Um, so I think that willing or learning to sell, even now, like um, I want to get on a podcast, somebody who is like pretty much expert in sales and talk about that mm -hmm. where there's the sales are so misunderstood um, mm -hmm. because we sell each day. Yes. Even when you're trying to convince somebody that you're right, you're trying to sell that idea. <laughs> yeah. So it's like so finding a way how to communicate it. And like what you said about confidence, another thing I think is that um, when you start off, you might not have confidence and many times we want others to support us. But at the same time, if nobody supports you and you keep going along the way, actually along the way, you prove yourself your worth. And by the time you, are, you have achieved what you want to achieve and people now support you, you don't need that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because you have built this confidence within yourself where you're like, well, I appreciate your support, but I don't need it. Yeah. So in a way, like sometimes when, and I have had conversations with people that feel like they, their loved ones or their family, they don't support them. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing actually, because now you can learn to support yourself and go yep. through that yourself and you come out of it stronger. Um, exactly. Which leads me, leads me to another question I wanted to ask you a while ago. Um, so you were talking about how important it is to learn to be alone. Maybe like what are the mm -hmm. lessons that you have learned from like being by yourself, being alone? Um, because I think it's such an important point and I keep telling that to people and many times I think I'm misunderstood um, because yeah. people are like, well, but I don't want to be alone or like be by myself. I'm like, that's not the point. You have to learn to be alone, but it doesn't mean that now you have to isolate yourself from like everybody around you. You just have to learn to be alone. So like, what would be, what did you say are the lessons that you have learned from like being alone? <sighs> being alone. Um, I moved to LA when I was 17. So that was alone from Detroit, Michigan, super far away. Um, that was ris risky. So I had to learn how to survive. You learn survivor mode, you know, um, how to manage your money, how to eat, how to cook. Those are basic skills that we don't think about when we leave. Oh, yeah. house you know um so that was something I learned uh pain like I live by myself right and I tend to live in big cities and learning how to make money to afford that that's that's hard it's really hard it's not easy to live by yourself Wait, um, so when but, you moved, then you move for the university yeah so when I first started school I I was in college and I had you know roommates Okay. But when I got out of college, most people leave L.A. because they can't afford it because it's too expensive. 
for me, I wanted to live on my own. I wanted to stay out here. I wasn't going back to Detroit. I was definitely not going back to live with my family. Um, and I, I was in survival mode, like, okay, you know, I have to work. I have to make money. Um, and it taught me a lot about myself and what I w will allow and not allow. And so even going into a relationship, um, I know how to be independent. If someone were to leave me tomorrow, I would know how to survive. Even moving to New York, I did that in 14 days um, without knowing anyone there. It was just, I knew that I had to do this for me. And so it teach you, teaches you how to be independent and to take risks and to sacrifice. Being by yourself is a sacrifice. Because you can easily go to mom's. You can easily be in a shitty-ass relationship. But who wants to do that? Who wants to be unhappy? At least I know, like, okay, I moved to New York. The pandemic happened. But I met a lot of people. I uh, executed my career. Um, I met some amazing people through, through the along the way. So being by yourself, you learn so much about yourself. You heal. You can talk to yourself. You can take yourself out on dates. You can... Uh, you learn how to be alone. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, you can go have dinner by yourself. Yes, I thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, so when like, you go into a relationship. I myself also really enjoy it. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, it's like peace of mind, you know. And even when you go into a relationship, uh, it's not good to be codependent on someone all the time. It should be a partnership. It shouldn't be a codependency. Um, it's a partnership. It's a collaboration. It's a, to build into whatever you lack, I got. Whatever I lack, you got. That's what it should be. I think a lot of people, specifically women, sometimes go into relationships and want a person to take care of them, and they have nothing to offer. So, yeah, and also like yeah. I had in last episode, we had conversation about it that um, if you are able to be alone and you're independent when you get in a relationship, it's not because you need them. It's because you choose yeah. to spend time with them. So in a way, it, yeah. it, come, it creates like more healthy relationship because they're not in this like space where you need them or you want them to prove something or stuff like that. You actually come in as like two whole persons and you can now build this relationship together whether instead of like trying to, oh, I need you to fulfill this in me and you, I have to fulfill this in you. And now we're just become like codependent and we can't do anything without each other but at the same time feel miserable because we haven't done the work on ourselves <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't heal within they get into a relationship wanting someone to fix them and it's like Ugh. yeah what has been like helpful for you in your like healing journey Oof. Um, talking to people that weren't like family and friends. So even when we talked, it was back in like a really weird space I was in, in regards of um, a situation, should I stay in it or not? And um, you didn't know me. We just happened to connect and you gave me really great advice and we come from different backgrounds. And sometimes it's good to listen to someone who does not know you or your situation where they can give you a very logical viewpoint on things. Another thing is um, I have a healer. Her name is Bianca. Um, her name is Bianca as well. She owns a company called BU Beauty. And she has taught me so much about healing the womb and, and, and your, your inner woman. And 
I didn't realize how many toxic people I had in my life. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize how toxic I was. And so, you know, um, she has helped me so much in my healing journey and like going on a sabbatical and taking time to meditate and to pray. Um, it was a rough, like last year was a really rough time for me. I had lost my job. Um, I got another one and then moved to LA from New York back to LA was in a shitty relationship um living with that person then got a new place then got a job then it was time for me to move and that job got canceled and then my place got broken into and then I'm in this relationship what do I do what do I do what do I do sad crying every single day and I had to go to my bible I had to go to manifestation journal um, I'm you reached out to me in perfect time and when we did our first therapy session like it was amazing I can sense what then, people made me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then two weeks later my friend Bianca she had moved here and we did a whole healing session like I didn't realize how toxic I was f other people but like yeah. I was toxic too I had a lot of stuff I had childhood trauma I had to heal with um so yeah that's how I, yeah, I think that. it's important to understand also that even like when it comes to toxic people, we just think that everybody else is toxic, but maybe you are toxic as well. Like it's yeah. taking that responsibility. And like, even what you mentioned before, like being real with yourself, it's, I think that's one of the hardest things to do. Like, let's say yeah. if you're out of shape, it's my fault. Um, yeah. If you even like in the business, if you don't have sales, instead of blaming something else, Look at whether yeah. you actually did all you needed to do. Or let's say if you have no sales, instead of thinking that, oh, this is wrong or that is wrong. Like, did you actually execute enough to get those sales? Or did you actually focus on sales or you focused on making content? So like, it's, right. it's like taking that responsibility over those things. Um, because like, that's, for me, it was big lesson. Because then once you, once you take responsibility, well, you can't blame any, anybody just can't blame because that's exactly. your fault. It's your life. Mm -hmm. um, and even like what you mentioned about toxic relationships, how do you know if somebody is toxic in your life? Hmm, that's a tough question. <laughs> how did I know someone was toxic in my life? Um, how they made me feel? It goes back to that feeling. Are they bringing out anger out of me instead of happiness? Are they uh, making me feel insecure? I remember... I was working a job and I felt so freaking insecure and I'm a very confident person. I'm like, why is this job making me feel insecure? Why is this person making me feel insecure? Even with being in a relationship, right? For, you take on other people's burdens and how they feel emotionally, um, especially if you're an empath or very energetic and, and believe in all that stuff. And I remember being in a relationship and I would get throbbing headaches when this person was around. But when they, they would leave, it would just go away. And it was so weird. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, every time this person is around me, I get a fucking headache. And I was like, oh, they're a problem. Or, you know, this is when you really have to follow your gut, especially in a relationship, because love is involved. But you got to also think about your mental health, too. Is this person making me angry? Am I lashing out? Does this person remind me of a parent? Does this person remind me of that person that hurt me or molested me? Like, you have to think about those things. I'm not saying I was molested, but I'm just saying for some people, like, that feeling is like, if that person makes you feel just 
not you in the purest form of you. And we're all flawed. Um, sometimes, like I said, we're the toxic person and uh, we we push people's buttons, especially yeah. if you know someone, this is a trigger for them. And you say, you ain't shit. You are a horrible person. <laughs> um, that's a trigger. You sometimes are the toxic person too. So you have to reevaluate how does this person make me feel? Like one of my really good friends, her name is Jen. And she makes me feel good. She is a good friend. I do not feel self-doubt around her. She is truly a great friend. And there's been friendships where I'm like, okay, this person is a going out friend. This person I just go out and have a good time with. This is not a person I talk to a relationship about. You know, I'm not a real, I always go into friendships saying I'm not a relationship person. So if you're going to ask me questions about your relationship, I'm going to be a listening ear. That is not my strongest um, asset. But if you want to talk to me about a uh, career and film and business, I know that I'm a good friend for that. I'm really good at marketing. I'm really good at social media and those things. I know my place in life too. So like I said, toxic relationships, going back to your question, like you will feel when somebody is not for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to listen to that as well, because I think like, um, in a way, like I'm, I'm really similar in that sense that if I feel that somebody is toxic, I feel that like really soon, pretty much within first conversation, I'm like, I'm not going to keep them in my life. But let's say when I hear, when I talk to somebody and actually like find them motivation or I see that there's so much that I can learn from them or just see that they are willing to work on themselves, I will keep them in my life because I always want to surround myself with people like that. Like, that's pretty much why we are still in touch because I felt like we really connected well, um, even yeah. if we had like one conversation. But in mm -hmm. my head, I'm like, yeah, we're definitely going to stay in touch. It wasn't yeah. even a question. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just like one conversation. So, and I think even I have had, I have been thinking about it several times about how do I attract such a good people that are like willing to work on themselves or they have their own thing going on. Mm -hmm. and I realize it's because of me working on myself yeah like if you don't work on yourself you will not attract people like that they yeah. are just that that's when you're the toxic one and they're like well I don't need your like excuses around or like you feeling bad about your situation or whatever um they you they will naturally will not be attracted towards you or and like your energy um mm -hmm. but when you're somebody who is willing to work on yourself and you develop yourself, you, you're first, you're able to kind of create gap between people that maybe already are in your life, but yeah. they're not at that level. So they become kind of less interesting <laughs> in a way. <laughs> like yeah. I, even like when I was in uni, I remember that first days, like I was trying to put like everybody together. I created like a Facebook group for everybody. And then, like, even, like, in first conversations, before we went to lectures, everybody's like, oh, so where do we have to go? And I'm like, out, like, I'm, I just went online, I found it, and I'm like, oh, we have this lecture in, like, this room, whatever. And then, like, every yeah. time before lectures, girls would meet up, and they would go to lectures together. And every time, the conversations they were having, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, seriously, that's what you're talking about in your free time? And I would just start to zone out. Mm -hmm. And then I would like listen to the podcast and then I stopped showing up before I met to go to those lectures. Um, because like, I, I'm like, real, I prefer to have conversations that are like meaningful or let's say 
it's not I get something out of it. You get something out of it. That I add some value to you. Why? It goes back to everything must have a why. Why are we yeah. talking? Why are we meeting up? Why are we having coffee? What is the value of me going to this event? Like that's really how I think about things. Like, oh yeah, if, me too. Like I'm always why. I used to be that person that used to want to go to every event, everything go to every coffee meeting, every meeting, take every job. I learned my value and healed from like, it has to have a why, it has to have a purpose. Even now people are like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that with your career? And it's like, I've done that. Like, it has to be meaningful. I don't want to work on a project that's going to stress me out. It has to be meaningful. It has to have a purpose. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. it's like, th- there's like this meme, which is like, Oh, do you want to meet up? It's, and the response is like, for what? Like, what do you want to do? And then you yeah. know what. And if, if it's not something interesting, then it's like, oh, I'm busy. If it's something that you're yeah. interested in, oh, yeah, I can find time. I'm always the same. Exactly. Somebody's like, oh, do you want to meet up? I'm like, what do you want to do? If it's something like, yeah. like or something that I don't see value in, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to pass this time. Which is like a lot of times. <laughs> it's like so many times. Um. But I think it's also important that especially like when you are starting to build yourself up and you don't have that many people around you, um, yeah, you can get lonely because like even for mm-hmm. myself, it, I feel like it's, I, I don't want to say hard, but it's pretty rare to find people that you can build like really meaningful friendships with, that you actually mm-hmm. know that they have your best interest at heart and they actually understand your mindset or the way you look at things or where you're going, that it's not about oh, let's meet up like every Friday and go out or something like that. Um, which like, that's something I have never really done. So for me, it's like nobody really invites me to go out because it's just not the way I am. Yeah. Um, which is another thing that I think is important that you really teach people how to treat yourself. So let's say if yeah. I would focus on pleasing those people, I would go out every time. Well, that's what they would learn about me. And then when I would stop going out, they would, they would have this expectation for me to go out with them. But now from the beginning, yeah. they don't have that expectation because they, don't, they know that I'm just not that kind of person or that's not just what I do. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to really, um, especially when you start off, because for a really long time, I felt like really alone in a way that I didn't feel like anybody understood me. Where I would try, yeah. and, I, and I would like, I'm really good at communicating and explaining things. And I would really try mm-hmm. to explain to somebody why I am the way I am or how I look at things yeah. and they still don't understand. And I would be like so yeah. frustrated with that. But then with time, I just learned that not everybody will understand and it's okay. Um, and it's okay yeah, it's to okay. be alone for a while. And even if I would say even it's beneficial to be alone for a while, because as you said, you learn so much about yourself or like go through like so many hardships, even like with me for mm-hmm. uni. I was flying, I was on a plane for the first time when I came here. I, I had like, I had the friend who sent me on WhatsApp audios on like, so now this will happen. I just listen to the audio and I go through the airport. I'm like, okay, so what's next? Okay, this, this, like I had no idea. And I was living alone as well. And like many times students have this like funding towards their living expenses. I didn't have that. Yeah. I had to provide myself yeah. while studying. Um, and it was like really stressful, but at the same time, even like I think last week I was looking back at, at like going through that time and I'm like I'm so thankful for that because I learned so much about myself yeah. that I the accomplishment yeah exactly. exactly I have 
accomplishment board. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's what people have to learn to um, look back um, mm -hmm. on what you have accomplished, on what you have been through, because many people might not be able to go through that. And many times we are too hard on ourselves when we look at those situations and we're like, well, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, like the, the first person I had on that had the move still has, uh, no, she, that she's like free from it, but she still like dealing with side effects, um, multi-drug resistant tuberculosis. And like for her, she, the way she explains stuff, she's like, it's, it's something big. And I keep reminding her like, yeah, it's nothing big. You just fight for your life. <laughs> like, oh, it's nothing big pretty much. Um, but it's, I think it's so easy to be caught up in the situation you're in that you forget that so many people, they wouldn't be able to, yeah, they wouldn't be able to like survive this or go through this. Um, and being present as well. Uh, I'm not sure I asked you about this. Like, do you, how do you get more present? Because I think you said that's something that you have realized or started to work more on to like be more present. Mm, um, huh. So I was reading this book, um, Peace in Every Step or something like that. Um, it's this really popular author. And he was talking about red lights. So at red lights, breathe. And like really working on my breathing technique and breathing more is how I practice, um, you know, being more present, putting my phone down when people are talking. So like saying like, hey, just give me five minutes. Let me just wrap this up, whatever I'm doing. And then you get my full divided attention. And I do that a lot in my relationship because sometimes I can be on my phone a lot and, and him vice versa. So we take these times to really be present with one another. Um, it's hard. Like I said, change is hard. It's not easy. So for me, it's just like, you know, if I'm going to meet up with someone, most of the time my phone dies anyways. So <laughs> like really trying to be present and really listening. And also like the last job I worked, it really, really helped me with listening. That show really, really helped me. Yeah, I think even like in relationship, um, that let's say putting your phone down, it helps to it's like you can still, you can even spend less time together, but it's, it will be more meaningful because when yeah. you're more mm -hmm. present, um, it's way different experience. Like I'm the same. I, I think I can never, I don't know when it started or if it ever stopped that if I'm talking to somebody, I feel like it's rude if I don't give them their all attention. Like yeah. let's say if you tell me something and I'm on my phone, I feel guilty for doing it because I feel like, well, you are giving me your time, which is so important, so precious. And I'm just sitting here answering somebody else who isn't even here and probably yeah. will read my message like, I don't know, minutes or hours later. So um, yeah. I think it's so important to, um, I don't really think there's anything that's more important than the present moment, especially when you meet mm -hmm. somebody in real life. That's way yep. different experience. And when you're actually both present, it's, it's like that, that's pretty much why I started podcast because I miss having those conversations with people where you just sit down and you just have conversation where you pretty much like, you lose the sense of time. I would be yeah. easily like when I get home, I just sit down with some of my friends and we talk easily for like four hours straight and you just don't feel time. Mm -hmm. It feels like, oh, we yeah. talked for one hour and you check time and it's like four hours. And it's just because you are so present that you just lose track of time. And I think that's one of the most amazing feelings where you are so into the conversation that you just don't feel how time is flying by.
um even yeah. like in the last podcast we were just like whoa and like um yeah we, we talked so long yeah like we we ended up talking totally it was four hours but then bef- when we were like just finished and i mentioned her this that i would easily talk to people for four hours she's like oh my gosh that's so long and after that conversation towards the end i was like see this is how you do four hours <laughs> she's like i didn't even notice that it's like four hours yeah. and i'm like well that's the that's that's the magic of having these conversations where you just lose track of time. Um, and I think also that's, that's when you, I like to learn from books a lot, but at the same yeah, time, same. there's so many conversations that I have had, even like one sentence that somebody has said to me that I did still like take with me to this day. So there, yeah. even like the way somebody explains it that, Oh, I have read this in this book, but, it didn't click the way it did when somebody else explained it to me. And I'm like, and that's why I tried to um, slowly get more into like having conversations with people, learning from people um, and things like that. Because before, I think a lot of times I had this block where I felt like, oh, it's spending time with people. I think it's because it probably was the wrong people. It's like a waste of time. Because if it's the right people, I don't mind spending the whole day with them. I just, exactly. I don't check the time. Um, and mm-hmm. then many times people are like, oh, you never have time for us or something like that. And I'm like, well, there probably is a reason why. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got to know you enough to see that value in that like relationship. But I think it's important for anybody to, un- like, as you said, you have a friend that you go out with, you have a friend that you talk relationships with, you have maybe somebody who you talk like about business. And I'm the same, like, it's like, not in a way where I'm trying to offend anybody, but like each person has their own like role. And it doesn't make doesn't yeah. one person's role is more important than somebody else's. It's just that each person has like different roles. So like, I have a friend who will, in a way, get me out of comfort zone where we would like go to some events or some concerts and stuff yeah. like that, which I'm always like, I would probably never do it myself because I'm like, well, I'm too busy. I'm like working and stuff like that. But then once I get out, I'm like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. So it's important to have somebody who is like getting you out. So for me, that's that friend. Then I have a friend that I can talk to about like business, some mindset or like things like that. So each person is something different. Or like I even have some people that I just joke around with. It's like we just have a mm-hmm. laugh. Like that's, that's pretty much all we yeah. do. Um, yeah, it's important to have. And it's like, I, I think it's, a, it's important to accept that it's okay that you don't have one person who is doing or having all those roles. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, that one person who is helping you with this, they might not help you with somebody, something else, but that's okay. Like they didn't have to help you or have like every role. Um, Exactly. And that's something that I've, well, I have learned it now, but it took me a while to learn Mm -hmm. it because I felt like, oh, I have to meet these people. Um, Even though I didn't want to. And then I, then I go and meet them and I'm like, oh, I just can't wait until it ends <laughs> it's like but at this point i'm just like easily saying no or i'm just saying like this is not my main priority right now i'm doing this um and if i don't understand like that's okay i think it's also another point that if somebody doesn't understand what you're doing or where you're heading that's okay um okay. there's so many lessons still to learn but uh, i'm just thinking what else I have learned from you because I think one big lesson has been 
on like how authentic you are just being yourself um yeah in a way that you're not even bothered with or, or like you show that you're not bothered <laughs> by what like somebody else might think or comment or react because um i think i'm i would i wouldn't say i'm different when i'm online so let's say if i'm recording a podcast yeah. if i don't record i'm a different person or like if i post something if i don't i'm a different person i'm still like being authentic but i think it's still um it's a bit weird to like post online yeah. stuff like that <laughs> i'm getting more used yeah. to it but i feel like yeah, even you like, didn't post anything oh no like last time yeah. i posted before i posted about the podcast was september 2019 <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't post like at all um yeah but then like once i started posting first when i posted about the podcast i didn't even expect any reaction i was actually hoping mm -hmm. nobody will see because i was putting myself out there um and then like i had many people write me about it or i look forward to it or like support me and i didn't even have expectations having like any reaction or like with some mm -hmm. posts that i have posted i had i have had people that give me some like compliments about the podcast they say they got like a lot of value from it and i'm like wow that's that's awesome that i can have conversations with somebody and they can actually benefit from that um or even like this yeah. about some content that i'm making because for me it's like well i don't know what i'm doing um i'm just trying yeah. to add some value but then i'm like oh maybe like the video quality isn't that well or the content isn't that well i'm still like a newbie with all the like filming and stuff like that but yeah. i was like okay what i said yeah it's a lot it's yeah a lot it is a lot because yeah it's like even posting often and like posting quality content because even the content that i want to post that i don't want to post content that you can easily find like somewhere else that's like something that you yeah. it's like repeating i want to still add some sort of value that you can find only when you come to my channel or my social media, whatever. Um, and that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. Um, and like, even with, I think you also have, well, you are pretty active. How you, how you maybe manage all that? Because I think when you, and even like in, in my experience, the reason why I stopped posting for a while was because I would get so caught up with posting that I would pretty much like post some stuff. And I was like, I don't even have to post this or I don't, I want to like be more private or I want to just keep myself to myself in a way. Um, so that's when I took that break, but now I'm like starting to build up more like my brand and things like that. So I have to put myself out there. And one thing that helped me was that I just saw it as my job description. It's just part of the job. So it's like, it's nothing yeah. personal. It's just part of the job. But like, how, how mm -hmm. do you manage that? Because I think many times, even like, people might end up identifying their self-worth with how many likes they get, how many followers they get. So how do you balance that? Yeah, so for me, I've always been secure in who I am, like even as a kid. Like I think that was just a learned behavior that I have had throughout my life. Um, it's rarely rare that I feel not confident. If I'm feeling not confident, it's because of, probably that self-doubt that's in my head. But um, I've always felt that I should be me. I feel weird when I'm not me. I could tell when I'm not me. Even yeah. when we would shoot the Bianca B show and I just didn't 
feel like my my team would know like yo like Bianca you wasn't in there I was like yeah because I because I I, it's just all over my body it's all over my face so I have to be authentic to me even when I'm working a job um and a lot of people like how do you just wear your natural hair at work or how do you just gravitates toward these people and that people and be yourself um I cannot be nobody but me you know what I'm saying like I just I can't like it's really, really hard. And I've tried to be like, oh, more poised and more professional. But no, if I don't agree with that, you got to respect me more because I didn't agree with that. Like, that Does is that a whack. the way people perceive you? Because I think you wrote in your book. Oh, absolutely. The people will give you, like, comments that you're not dressing the way you should. Or I don't know, maybe it might even affect it that how they perceive you're capable of doing your job. So how you deal yeah. with that? Because I think it's, it's really powerful to be in that place when you can still be yourself despite anything like that but at the same time like it can affect how others treat you or perceive you or things like that so how you deal with that i had to come to a realization that that's other people's insecurity not mine so for example um when i was in film school i remember this girl told me that i would not make it far in the film industry by wearing heels and i was like and I remember how she said it, the tone and everything, because, you know, especially behind the scenes of film, there's a lot of, you know, you're a little bit more dressed down because you're a PA or you're working and blah, blah, blah. But you could be a cute PA. Like, you don't have to be like, I don't have to look like a bum. Um, and I believe even as I'm going to just put race into it and I hate doing this but like being a black woman like I can't just go on set looking any old type of way like you gonna think this of me so I have to make sure that at all times I am my brand now there's been circumstances where okay that may have been a little bit too too grown or um I could have dialed back on my attitude or speaking up but if I feel that this doesn't feel right even for I remember it was a show I was working on and it was the premiere episode and executives of Sony literally was like, we have to remove this guest. This guest is not a good guest. And I was like, I was like, can you guys just please trust me? This person is the guest that we need. I, and I fought hard for this guest. I fought very hard for this guest and I put my job on the line and they walked away with the premiere episode being like, Bianca, you trusted your instincts. I remember the executive producers was like, Bianca, we didn't believe in you, but you you trusted your instincts, and and that was phenomenal. And even with the human trafficking show that I talked about, it was another guest. My producer was adamant that she didn't want this guest, and I said, this person is the person that we need. And I almost left my job. So sometimes you have to fight and sacrifice to be heard, and that is okay. And I had to come to a realization that if I truly believe in something, because I'm super intuitive, I know when something is right and not right. And um, I had to learn that it, it's going to be times where people aren't going to like you. And that's OK. And I, it took me a long time because I always wanted to be light and um, I always wanted to be more than a pretty face or, uh, you know, be bigger than what people thought of me. But, you know, I was like, eh. I'm a beast. I know I'm good at what I do. And that just comes with confidence. And, and you can walk into a room, for example, I'm going to talk about P. Diddy. P. Diddy can walk into a room. He has such confidence. But inside, he 
he may be like so insecure about whatever this meeting is, but people may, may get inspired or intimidated. People going to either get inspired or intimidated. And um, that's their decision that they make and their viewpoint on you. So even, for example, somebody can meet you and be like, oh, she's so standoffish and so an introvert. Oh, I don't want to be around her. Yeah. But not knowing that you may heal me. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I think we need to stop being judgmental. And that's why I don't like to. Um, I can feel when somebody's not right. But also, I try not to judge their situation because people behave. There's a reason why people behave the way they behave. Right. Yeah. Um, I truly, truly believe that because it could have been childhood trauma. Um, even for myself, I got bullied when I was younger. I was in, in elementary school and I got bullied. So I was always used to girls not liking me. My whole entire life, I was so used to it that now I turned it into a, a, a motivation that, you know, that's that own person's insecurity. As long as I know I walked into a room and I spoke and I was nice and I was kind and I tried my best to get along with this person, that all that's all that matters. But like I said, people can either get inspired or intimidated. And sometimes... That's just their own, that's their own shit that they have to deal with. And it's not you. And I think that that's why we're afraid to get on camera. We're afraid to put our business out there. We're afraid to open up or be an entrepreneur because we're so, so used to uh, getting validation from others. And for me, I'm in a space which took me a long, long time to, to get into. Even um, I worked the job and it was a male dominant team and I had to walk away because my respect and my values and who I am as a young woman, you're not going to try me. And you may think that I'm this way or that way. That's your own perception of me. I came in, I did my job. So everybody's not going to like you and that's okay. Long story short. Yeah. How how you deal with people not liking you? Uh, because I think that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges people might face when they are trying to be more themselves. Um, but many people actually are like, well, you shouldn't be like this, or you should be like that, um, or let's say the the way she told you that you you will not make it in this industry wearing heels, which is mm -hmm. like if you think about it, well, <laughs> really, is that the main measure why I'm not going to make it? But once they tell you yeah. that, it can hit you. So, like, how you deal with yeah. people not liking you or giving, like, some sort of comments? Um, I cry. I'm, I'm going to be human. There's been times, and I think every job I've cried at. I've walked into the bathroom and I cried at because I had to put on this self-persona and it really hurt me. And I'm a very sensitive person. So, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, oh, I'm this tough girl. But I, every job, I will go in and call my mom and be like, yeah, like, I can't do this. And you need those accountability partners, those people that are going to uplift you during those times. But I'm not going to sit up here and say I have tough skin all the time, but I know who I am as an individual. I know what my intention was. I can also come to a mature level of apologizing, um, which took me a long time to do. I was horrible at saying, sorry, I cringe at that word. <laughs> um, it's really hard for me. So if I say sorry, know that I really meant that because... I, it's not something that I do often. So I had to get in a position of taking accountability for me, having accountability partners, but also getting, getting up because it's not the end of the road. And just because you have a disagreement, which is something I also learned, doesn't mean that, that this is the end of that job or relationship. You just agree to disagree. So. Yeah. I think like that's, that's one of the big lessons you can learn when you start a job that not every disagreement means that they're going to fire you. 
Yeah. <laughs> like I have had it many times in life. Let's say even when I was in sales jobs, if I won't be performing every mm-hmm. week, I would be so stressed because that was yeah. the only income I had and I had to pay my rent. And there, there weren't like yeah. too many jobs you can find that are flexible where you can fit them around uni. And I remember like every yeah. time I would go home, I would be crying, I would be stressing. I would be stressing like all day, every day. It, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. even able, able to focus on anything else. I was just like stressing about that and thinking where will yeah. I get money for my next month's rent if they fire me. Um, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then like what happened was that one of my friends reached out and I just like we we had a conversation and he's like well I'm looking for somebody to hire and I'm like okay cool and my my main objection was if you want to fire me I will quit first (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why but for me it was like if you feel like you want to fire me I want to make sure I quit first um yeah so like that's that's when I it was really good timing so I quit that job but um but but I think like that's when even when it comes to tough skin oh is that the, is that the word? Tough skin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Skin. I, mean, I just I, I wasn't sure I said it right. Um mm-hmm. even like when it comes to that, I was like, I don't know, when I started off, even like when I came here, I was so weak mentally. I felt I'm mm-hmm. I, I thought I was strong, but then I realized, well, actually I'm not. Like anything, any kind of hardship, any and like even looking back, back, I'm not sure how I did it, even like how I came here just by myself to different country, yeah. different language. Um, but that's when I, even like in those experiences, when you feel like you're weak, you actually are stepping, like, let's say something that was offending you like years ago, it wouldn't offend you now because no, you, you have became like stronger. So I think it's important to keep in mind that if something is offending you at that moment, well, you can learn from it. And it's awesome if you, if you have people to go to that actually are going to support you. Or maybe that are not mm. involved in that like situation, um, yeah. Or even like that don't take sides because like yeah. it's not always that you're right. But if you expect somebody to always take your side, mm. that's not really the kind of person you want because that might not be beneficial for you and your development. Um, it might feel nice in that moment when somebody's exactly. taking your side, but maybe the other person on the side when they were telling you something they were actually right which you said about learning to um understand when you have gone too far because i think it's really yeah. thin line especially when you're being authentic to um not to go too far when it's like too much um so like do you how do you distinguish it that okay this is too far or like now i'm going too far this is too much and i ha- now i have to like step back um for me I just can give a story I'm good at like stories so um I remember it it went back to that episode of the human trafficking show when I fought for a guest and me and my producer got into a huge argument you know it was really it was it was kind of bad my I was going to leave my job um towards the end of the season and I decided that I was going to be the bigger person and actually communicate. I was like, I really, really was upset. Sometimes it goes back to just communicating and actually sitting down with somebody and really just expressing how you felt. And we hugged it out and we had an amazing show the next day. So sometimes it's just tough love. um, And you have to 
especially like I said, I'm very stubborn. I'm 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 not grown. She's been in the industry for twenty plus years. So you have to have tough love. It's okay. You know, um, even with your parents, like it's tough love. Sometimes you have those parents, one parent may be nice and one parent may give you tough love and you need that. You need both. So also taking accountability of sometimes you weren't right. Sometimes you handled a situation wrong and I had to come to a point where I handled a situation wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> I, think so. I think it takes like a lot of work with mm -hmm. ego it does. to be able to <laughs> ego. Think, like it was my mistake yes um, the ego will mess and that, like <laughs> i think that's that's one thing that i have learned when it comes to communication like many times where let's say i have said something that might have been being the best thing to say at this point i'm mm -hmm. really like i pay a lot of attention to what i'm saying even if i type up something i read it again i'm like this is not going to help I just don't send it. Or at this point, I don't even think I type it up. Um, yeah. But there has been times when I send something and I understand that this actually wasn't coming from authentic place. It was coming from place of me being hurt or stuff like that. And what I would do is that I go back to that conversation. And it's usually, at this point, it's pretty instant. It's like maybe one hour max. Mm -hmm. I go back and I apologize. I'm like, yeah. I wasn't in a good place. Um, I think when I was mm -hmm. saying this, I was feeling this way or, or I wasn't hurt. So, and I apologize. And I think it, it took me a while to learn to actually do that because it's not, because you don't know, you don't know how they will respond. They, they can yeah. be like, well, hell yeah, it's your fault. You know, like yeah. they can just attack yeah. you back. But it's, it's been helpful in a way that they actually see that my authentic self and I know that that wasn't something that was intentional or that it was it's not what I'm about that I'm able to apologize and I think it's and it a lot of times helps to get those people to respect you more because they're like well you're yeah. actually able to admit that you did something wrong mm -hmm. I think it's just all about being honest too like I remember some days like if I was one of the shows I worked on my ex had just broke up with me right before a show a day and I just let them know like hey listen like I remember Mel was like what's wrong Bianca and I was <laughs> like I just went through a horrible breakup today and I'm just not myself and sometimes you just have to be honest even sometimes I'm so honest that I'd be like today I am cramping and I'm not in the mood like I sometimes you just gotta be honest with people and say like yeah today is not a good day like a death just happened or yeah. I just I, this happened like I was in a lot of traffic today I was just so annoyed like I'll get better like I just need a cup of coffee I'm tired like we're human like I don't know why people try to go into places being perfect you're not perfect you're not yeah <laughs> I think it all comes to the way you want others to perceive you that like you're this like perfect person mm -hmm. but at the same yeah. time like you can know it's like it's actually amazing how understanding people can be like I remember one time when I was working for this friend um I would go to work like I was pretty much like working at his house um, because he had like business from home and I would go and I would be like a mess. I was like so emotional. I was like, mm -hmm. I was pretty much like crying, but I was trying not to cry. And like, he could see that something is wrong and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't tell you now because the moment I start talking, I just going to start feeling sorry myself and I'm going to start crying even more. And I was like, I just can't talk about it now. And he said, um, he said to me like, just, take a day off and go home. 
just like relax, mm-hmm. take a day off. Um, you've been working like really hard and things like that. And and that's not some. And I remember I was like, no, I don't want to have a day off. Like I need money. I had to pay my rent. But like I still went home, and it was really helpful because um, first I could see that. Well, if it happened every week, it would be different. But I was like, yeah. I was the kind of employee he had that I remember we were having a call recently and I was like did you find anybody at my level he's like not yet but close (laughs) (laughs) so I was like really good employee and I would always like show up I would always like work extra and things like that so I think that's another thing where like what you wrote in your book about that work is speaking for yourself a lot of times when you actually do a lot of work and you put extra effort in if something happens people are even like more understanding because they know that something's wrong because like usually you're exactly. not that way because they have learned that exactly. you're really hard working. You always show up, you always do extra. So um, I think that's another thing where actually working hard is paying off or mm-hmm. being in a way in your, like on your side. I even like remember in uni, um, I was meeting my lecturers a lot. Like we had like one-on-one mm-hmm. meetings. I would meet them a lot, like all the time. And I would ask questions and I would go to them with specific questions. I would always be prepared. I would never ask any questions that they have been talking about in lectures. Or I remember with statistics, I would go to that lecturer and he's like, you know, it's not going to be an exam. I'm like, I know, but I want to understand. Like, I just, I, I yeah. cannot cope with not understanding something. Um, yeah. And like, that's when I got really big respect from them. And mm-hmm. even like several times I had, I, I remember one time I met my lecturer and I had the deadline literally that day. I met him at nine and I had deadline at nine. And I hadn't properly started the, the task. Um, so I went with the mm-hmm. questions and he's like, he could see that I pretty much have nothing. He's like, do you want to have like extension? Um, mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, no, I don't need like any extra like um, support yeah. or treatment. Um, even though I was like pretty much one of the few if not the only student that would work like really like a lot like I was working up to Mm -hmm. like 40 50 hours a week um and like but that that I didn't even ask for it but he was like if you need extension Mm -hmm. let me know I will give it to you um and I knew it was just because of the work that I have put up to that point that like he would get this same image of me that I'm this hard-working person that I like all the things that I do because I would put in extra work up to that point. Um, so I think yeah. it's in a way that's kind of how your work is speaking for you or even like helping exactly. you because I would mm-hmm. never ask any extra like treatment or stuff like that. But for me, it was like, wow, that's, I still finished it on time <laughs> and I just sent it over. But, but it was really awesome to experience it because um in my head, it's like, if it's a deadline, it's a deadline. I have to get it done by then. Um, because there might be people that need, even if it's it's irrelevant, but there might be people that need it more. And I'm like, for me, it has always been that um, usually what, what I tell to people is that if I can do it, you can do it. Exactly. So like when somebody says that, oh my gosh, it's so hard to study. It's so hard to get first in uni. And I'm like, okay, so um, for me, English is the second language. It's not even my first language. Yeah. So I was studying yeah. science in English, even <laughs> statistics. I spent like the first year I got first in statistics exam, but 
I spent at least 40 hours just preparing for that exam, if not more. Okay. I would sit literally from, I don't know, from 10 or 9 until 8 p.m. every day just to study statistics. So I knew it inside out. Um, and then everybody's like, how did you get, I think I got like one of the highest scores. Um, oh, so it was, like, it was the, <laughs> it was the subject that everybody was scoring the lowest and I scored out of my all marks. That was the highest one. I had like 93%. And I was like, oh, wow. Wait, so how is this hard? I felt like it's so easy, <laughs> but it was just because of all the work that I did up to that point. Um, and for mm -hmm. me, even like, um, simple math, I was learning it in Latvian. So now even like um, dividing or yeah. whatever, I don't, I don't even remember the words, simple tasks that you describe in English. For me, it was like, what, what does it mean? Um, yeah. Because it was, I'm good at math or like the mm -hmm. basic math. But if you give me the English one, I just don't understand what you want from me. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> I just look at it. I'm like, I have no idea what you're asking me because I have never been learning math in English. Um, and then like, that's when I usually tell people. And I was doing this while I was working, while I was also like training and I was doing, mm -hmm. and I was studying on the side. Also, I was learning like digital marketing and things like that and reading also, yeah. always reading. Um, and that's when I tell people like, it's, I'm no special. I have no special like, brain skills or like something like that it's yeah. just that i put in extra work like it's yeah. it's nothing like or let's say when when some of my and i was helping out some of my um course mates as well even like recently um that that guy who studies sports science he's now finishing off but we had a uh, few subjects together and he's calling me one time it was like 11 at night asking me statistics questions. And I'm like, yo, let me find my notes. <laughs> and I would try to <laughs> because it was like one year ago that we were studying, like if, if not two mm -hmm. years ago that we had last time statistics exams, but I still have all my notes and I was able to help. Um, but like that's, and I, when I would help my course mates, they would be like, wait, so how do you know what to write in this essay? And I'm like, did you read this paper? No. And I'm like, Go read it. There's all answers are in that paper and read it mm -hmm. more than once. Like several papers. I just read them at least four times going over and over. Yeah. But I think that's what people don't see that they assume. Let's say when I, you said that you want people not to see you as a pretty face. For me, it's the fact that I don't want people to call me smart because like mm. I am smart, but it's not because I just have a good brain that I'm, I'm like this genius. Because you don't mm. see all the work that I put behind the scenes to get to that place where I am smart. So um, that's what I'm trying to explain to people. Or like I have had several people that are like, oh, I wish I could be like you or think like you. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Because it takes <laughs> a lot of sacrifice. You, you don't just like chill out every weekend. And I'm just like working. Then in the evening I'm studying. Then in the morning I'm studying again or like going to the gym. So, and it's like that every day. Seven, that, yeah. seven days a week. Um, and that's when I learned to take some rest. <laughs> because it was like a lot. Um, but like, I think that's, it's like, it's interesting how you say you, you don't want to be just pretty face. And, and, and I'm like, I don't want to be called smart or seen as this like genius person. Because I know I have a good head. But it's not just because I'm yeah. just smart. 
Um, yeah. Or like, I know some people that they are really good at, let's say you read something once, you remember it. And I'm like, I'm not that yeah. person. <laughs> I have to read like five <laughs> hours to remember. And, yeah. so, and I have to spend hours to actually understand it. Um, I think that's why I'm like, let's say when I ask questions, I ask them where I'm like being really curious. I want to understand it inside out or like, even like when it comes to your confidence, like you're so confident in what you do. And I'm like, how do you deal with people not believing in you? Because that's a lot of times where people like fall off with their confidence and you're like, well, I'm a human as well. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So mm -hmm. you're human. I'm also human. I can learn from you. So like, that's what I'm yeah. also always doing. I think it's one of the most important things is to be curious. You're like always curious. And that's when you exactly. said about judging people. I think even like when people trust me, I was listening to one clubhouse where they were asking, what's your superpower? And I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting question. What would you it say is. is your superpower? My superpower. That's a really great question. I am very intuitive i feel like i'm very 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 intuitive i've been this way since i was a kid so i think that's one of my like strongest superpowers very being very intuitive yeah like this question really makes you a thing and i remember i was walking and i was thinking like what is my superpower and then one thing that came in my mind was i i can get people in place where they feel they can trust me yeah because i never for me, it's like, in a way, normal. But for somebody yeah. else, they're like, wow, you, I feel safe around you. I can share things with you. So, like, that was one thing that I... And I was like... And I still don't understand how it happens because <laughs> it's, like, still a mystery yeah. to me. Um, yeah. But it is... I think it's... It's like many times we think about things that we're not good at. But then when yeah. you think about what is actually my, like, superpower, then you're like, wow, well... And you have to choose one, pretty much. Um, yeah. And then you see that, and when you think about them, you're like, you actually come up with quite a few. And that's when you can yeah. see, well, actually, there's so many things. Like, even when you, when you were thinking, I was like, well, your, yours might be, like, confidence or that you take action. Because, like, that's when many people, like, you are doing so many things that I think many people, they, they wouldn't do. So, like, yeah, those are a few things that came in my mind. And you're also, oh, like, wow. really versatile because... Um, you just go and do like you yeah. don't or let's say you don't let things to stop you it's like yeah. oh you have people that are doubting you okay <laughs> let them doubt and you just go and do your thing so yeah. I think those things are like you have amazing confidence and I think that's important even for people to be around people that are confident because then you're like you start to feel more confident yourself um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you have heard it from people, but I assume that there might have been people that when they are around you, they start to feel more confident themselves. Mm. So I don't like, know. I never asked anybody. <laughs> yeah, you can actually ask. There's one really good question that gave me a chance to learn a lot about myself was asking people, how do you see me? Mm -hmm. And it can be good, it can be bad, whatever. Um, but I learned a lot. And I had a friend who yeah. said to me, I see you as a leader. And I, I was thinking about it for two weeks because I never thought about myself as a leader. Like, never. After that point, I, never, I was just like, I'm just, just a basic girl. Like, just, you know, normal person. 
But when he yeah. said that, I was like, I was thinking about it for two weeks and I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> so I think that's, you can ask, it's, it's really interesting the responses that you can get back because several times when I read books, they have those questions in them. Um, and it's really interesting to ask them, especially to people that know you better. Um, yes. And then you can see certain things that repeat and you're like, okay, this is pretty much like how other people see you. And then you can see whether it's in alignment with how you want to sh like appear to other people as well. So yeah. that's like really good exercise, but, but yeah. So um, I know that you are working on your book. Is there like anything else yeah. that people or like, how people can support you or what you're doing or how can they find you, you know, the basic stuff. <laughs> the usual yeah, stuff. People can follow, yeah, people can follow me at Instagram at it's Bianca B and my cosmetics company, BFF Cosmetics Company. Um, my YouTube channel, like everything's on my website. It's BiancaB.com. And um, yeah, my third book later this year, early next year. Um, I'm super excited for that one and just be on a journey with me. It's a journey. Follow me yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think just seeing somebody on journey that's and not just looking at them, but actually it's taking action yourself, being inspired, but then go out there and take action yourself because you can sit all day and be inspired and do nothing. <laughs> exactly. And like I got Thank for you, you the jumping rope. So I will get back yes. to that as well. <laughs> I love jumping rope. Love it. Yeah, me too. I hope to have you on another time in future because I think yes. with you, we can always have amazing conversations. I haven't had a time when yes. we have bad conversation. <laughs> yeah, we talk all, like, we talk a lot. It's really good. It's really therapeutic to connect with someone you never met before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually amazing how you can connect with somebody, like, so quick. Exactly. Because we instantly connect. I'm like, who is this girl? <laughs> I had the same thing about you. <laughs> and I didn't even know that you had been on all those shows. So, like, I didn't know yeah. as much of your background. And I was like, well, yeah. that's, like, like, just the way you communicated. I was like, okay, you're up to something. You're, you're going somewhere. <laughs> I have to stay in touch. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, thank you for coming. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. <laughs>